Today's shir begins on Daflamid Tess, six lines from the top at the new Mishnah. Stam Nezirus Shloishim Yom. One who accepts upon himself a vow of Nezirus without specifying the amount of time, it will be for 30 days. Gilach O Shigilchu Listim. If he shaves his head or bandits shave him, Soser Shloshim Yom. He loses, misses out on 30 days. We uh, notice the Rashi, Soser Shloshim Yom, Lefishain Gidl Seor Bepochus Mishloshim Yom. You don't have the uh, required amount of hair growth to conclude in the zeros with less than 30 days. You need 30 days of hair growth in order to conclude the Nazirus with the required haircut. The Rashi just before, let's read it together. Gilach o shegilchuhu listim, mashma bein ba'inis, bein barotsoin. This implies whether it was against his will or even willing. Besoch naziruso, within his Nazirus observance, bein benazirus meruba, bein benazirus muetis, whether it be a Nazirus of more than 30 days or a minimum of 30 days. From the point that his hair was cut, he has to wait 30 days. We continue in the Mishnah. Nozir shegileach, bein bezug bein betar, o shesifsef kol shehu, chayov. A nozir that shaves his head, whether it be with a scissors or a razor, or pulls out his hair, even one hair, he is considered in violation, he is guilty, and he would be liable to malchus, to lashes. There seems to be a disagreement between Rashi and Teisvis as to how to explain Sifseh Kol Shehu. According to Rashi, it seems that he pulls, he detaches, or he, he cuts the uh, uh, edge or the tip of his hair, Teisvis disagrees and says it's a, an action of pulling it out from its root. Before we continue in the Gemara text, we glance at the side where we have a nosei, a topic heading. Ha'im se'ar godeles mile'tachas o mile'el. When we investigate or view hair growth, does the hair grow from the, we'll say, from the base, whereby the, uh, let's say at let's say at our starting point, that part that is closest to the head continues to move outwards, to move up, or does the hair remain at the base and the tip of the hair grows forward, where the original hair that uh, in our case, we're going to be uh, specifying or analyzing the hair that was on his head at the time of the Nazirus. We'll appreciate this analysis a little more as we go into the Gemara with specific examples. But the basis of analysis, we'll say, is does the hair extend from its tip, continuing to grow outwards where the base remains in place, or the base of the hair 
keeps moving, the base itself keeps moving outwards. Now, this analysis might seem obvious to most of us, but the Gemara, in characteristic Gemara style, analyzes this till, uh, and, and finally reaches a conclusion. Ibayalaho, the Gemara's question, notice it lasts a few lines. Hi, Mazia, Milatachas Ravi, O Mileel. Hair, does it grow from the bottom or from its tip? Lamai nafkamina. What practical difference does that does this analysis make? What halachic nafkamina is there? Lenozir shigilchu listim, a case where a nozir was shaved by bandits. Vishayru bo kedei lochuf roisholi koro, and they they cut off most of his hair, but they left enough hair whereby he could in he could in theory bend over any given hair stubble that remains, bend its tip over to uh, uh, touch its base or its root. In other words, the hair wasn't shaven with a, I don't know how do you refer to it, as a, a, a shiner maybe or a, a, a bowling, uh, bowling pin look. There, there would be no hair left at all if it was shaved so close to the scalp. It was shaved, it was cut by the bandits, but leaving enough hair length that you could bend it over from the tip of the hair to, the, to its base. Now, with that uh, uh, scenario in mind, we continue our analysis. E amris militachas rovi. If you say that the hair grows from its base. In other words, the part of the hair that is closest to the scalp keeps moving up. So that the hair that was uh, on his head when he accepted the Nazirus uh, days ago or weeks ago, where is it at this point if you say that it grows milatachas? Well, it's kept moving upwards so that when the bandits came and cut off the hair, the hair that was there at the time he accepted the, the Nazirus is no longer there. So that that which he sanctified, so to speak, with his acceptance of Nazirus is gone. That is what they cut off. If you say that the hair emerges from the tip that which he sanctified initially when he was uh, when he accepted Nazirus, it's still there in place. So in practical terms, if you say that the hair grows from the base, it keeps moving upwards, and we said that the hair that he had sanctified is now no longer there because that's what they cut off, he would have to count a, a that's what we call soser. It, uh, their cutting off of the hair that he had sanctified is no longer there. He must count another 30 days. However, if you say that the hair emerges from the tip, the bottom, the part closest to his head, was not cut off by these bandits. If you say that it emerges from the tip, and uh, therefore there would be no undoing, no uh, loss of Naziru's time in this case where they left enough hair that you could bend over the tip to its base. So the question is in place, now the analysis. We have markings on the uh, in the Gomorrah, a volcano shape, 
you'll notice that the shape appears in, we'll say, in different directions, and on the side under our Mivne heading, with the narrow part facing up, that will indicate in our Gemara that it grows from the tip, with the inverted volcano shape, Miletachas, that it emerges, constantly emerges from the base uh, of the scalp, moving upwards. These are obviously then Nisyonos attempts Lushoit Hashe'elo Deli'el, the previous question. The double underline that you will see in the Gemara are rejections or Dechios of whatever was suggested. We continue then. Toshma Meha Invochaya. Let's try to bring proof from the case of this living Invo. Invo is a type of bug some creature, some might want to associate it with a lice, we'll refer to it simply as a bug, a living bug. You notice it is at the root, or the, the base of the bins of the hair. If it were so that hair emerges from it's from the base, then this uh, bug, it clings, it was clinging uh, to the base. As time goes by, Beresha Debinsa Boy It's like uh, holding on to some kind, like an elevator. It should constantly move toward the uh, outer extreme. As the hair rises from the base, this bug would then move with it. And it would be no, it would no longer be at the base as time goes by. But we notice that the bug always remains at the base. What does that indicate? That indicates that the base isn't moving, but rather the hair is growing from the tip, and the bug remains where it is. So reading again, uh, where we dashed underlined the isalka daitoch milatachas rovi. If it were so that the hair emerges from the base, then bereisha debinsa boilemekam. You should you should find this bug in the course of time uh, at at the hair's tip. The Gemara rejects this and says lioilam milatachas rovi. We could argue that the hair emerges from the base. Not from the tip of the hair, but from the base. The base constantly, the that which is right now closest to the scalp, in a few days' time, rises, because the hair is always growing forth from the base. And as far as why do you find the bug always there at the base, if that's what's rising, the agav chiyusa nochis fiozil invo. And since it has life to it, it's always crawling down. In other words, it feels that it's uh, it's located likes to be at the base and it feels that the hair is moving outwards so it always crawls back down to be at the base. Toshma, and here we're going to try to prove that the hair emerges from the base. Toshma Invo mesa, a dead bug, the Resha Debinsa. You find this dead bug at the tip of the hair. If it were so that the hair emerges from the tip, then this dead bug, it should remain at the base. But we don't find it. We find that it, it's, 
that the, the dead bug is at the tip of the hair. It must be, therefore, that the hair is always moving up from the bottom, from the bottom, and carrying along with it this dead bug. And that's why you find it at the tip. The Gemara rejects this. Hosanami, there too, I will tell you that the hair really emerges from the tip. And the question then is, why is the dead bug uh, at the tip? Mishum deles bo chela, because it has no strength to it, srugi sriga viazil. Let's just go over this point again. I'll tell you that the hair emerges from the tip. And if it in fact emerges from the tip, so the dead bug should have remained at the base. How is it that the dead bug is at the tip of the hair? And so the Gemara explains that since it has no strength, it's dead, so it slips toward the tip of the hair. It slips down to the tip. Toshma. Well, we try to prove from the following. Nibloris de Kushim. This is a uh, braid work of Kushim. Kushim, people from Kush, uh, uh, blacks that had the custom of braiding their hair. The Bosser de Megadlin law, after they create the braid, Rafio Militachas. As time goes by, the hair becomes loose uh, at the base. What does that indicate? That indicates that what, when they originally braided it, so it was tightly braided at the, to, to the bottom of the head, to right at the scalp. And as time goes on, the hair is moving up from the scalp, from the base. Hence, we have proof that the hair grows from the base, not from the tip. If the hair had grown from the tip, so the tightly braided part ne- next to the scalp would have remained tightly braided. But that's not what happens. The Gemara rejects this proof. Hosom Nami. There too. I could tell you that in general, that basically hair grows from the tip. Aidi de Kumta he mishichva de Rafia. We take a look at Rashi. We have a little star in the Rashi, in the lower part of the Rashi commentary, in the middle of the line, li'olam mile'el ravi. I'll tell you that hair really grows from the tip. V'hosam nami, there too, in the case of the braid, Aidi de Kamtohi Shemahadek Bloris Vidochek Meatsmo Lemato Mahmas Hagodel Kishishokev Oleha Umishikvahu de Rafio Mahmas Shiva Hu Shishokev Alabroes Rafio Lomi Latachas. Since uh, when he lies on the bed and, and puts pressure on his hair because of the pressure that he places on his hair while he's lying so the bloris, this uh, braid work gets loosened uh, from the base and in fact the Gemara is arguing that the hair might very well grow from the tip the looseness at the base is a function of the shiva of the lying on it Toshma, we bring a proof from information that you find in Tanaic sources, as opposed to up till now we were trying to prove uh, the uh, the reality from observation. 
So we prove from the realm of Meiser Behema. Meiser Behema is the tithing of uh, uh, the annual births of one's herd or flock. Every tenth animal is is, is capped or is counted is labeled Meiser Behema. And part of the uh, labeling process involves uh, painting it, uh, painting a part of the animal red. So the the fur, the hair of the animal gets uh, red paint on it. Now, the Gemara says, Toshmami Sakrasa, from the uh, red paint, Derofi Amro Milatachas. As time goes on, after you paint it, the, the paint itself causes the, uh, the hairs to stick together. But as time goes on, the hairs closest to the uh, to the body of the animal, which would be the equivalent of the scalp that we were referring to earlier, they become loose. They're not affected by the, the paint. The paint isn't there anymore. So what does that show us? That shows us that the hair is constantly emerging from the base. The Gemara adds Vitanya, or there's another gear, so Utnan. Utnan is, as we said before, this is information that's not based on observation per se, but it's based on that which is taught, namely the dyeing of the uh, animal's hair, dyeing it red. Visu, and furthermore, another proof. Kad Tsavi Savio Diknehon. People that mature, that get older, and their hair turns uh, gray or white, and they want to dye their hair, so they do so. Chivron Ikvi. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. Ikvi Nimhon, which means, Chivron means turns white, the, the root or the base of their hair. So, on a given day, they will dye their uh, white hair. They'll dye it black, let's say, to give them that, that old, that that young look. But as time goes on, the white hair, the whiteness appears at the bottom and continues to extend. Well, shmamino, this shows us milatachas ravi shmamino that the hair is constantly emerging from the base and moving outwards. Well, with that in mind, let's continue reading the following source. A Nozir whose head was uh, shaved by bandits and they left enough that you could bend the tip of the hair to its base. He doesn't lose any time. In other words, his Nazirus observance remains unaffected, even though they cut off his hair, leaving that, we'll say, that minimum length in place. If it were so, as we concluded, that the hair grows up from the base, so when he accepted Nazirus, the, the hair that was at the base of his head was, we'll say, sanctified, dedicated to the Nazirus. But as time goes on, that's as, as a month goes by, that's no longer at the base, that moved up. And the bandits would have c- 
cut that off. So they cut off the hair that was sanctified toward his Nazirus. The, we can say the Nazirus hair is no longer there. Why then does he, as the source say, ain't no sosir, listar. He should lose time and uh, allow another 30 days simply to achieve the required hair growth. But let us look together at the Tosfis, uh third line from the top, listar, the thinking is, as we concluded before, that the hair grows up from the base, pirush, we prove that from the uh, dye of the Meiser Behema, from the practice of old people dyeing their hair and the appearance of the whiteness at the base. If they, the bandits came and cut off his hair, they were cutting off essentially his Nazirus hair, leaving None of the Nazir's hair with the with the minimum length of Kidei Lochuf Roshali Koro. And yet the source says Eno Soser, Eloshmami no, Mileel Ravi. Vioiso Shinishar, Hainu Oso de Mekara. It must be then that the hair actually extends forth from its tip, and that which was sanctified at the time of his Nazirus, it still remains there closest to his head. The Gemara responds and says, in truth, the hair grows up from the base. Why then does this source indicate Eno Soser? If it grows up from the base, we said, then the hair that the bandits cut off was his Nazir sanctified hair, and he would have to replenish it now. Kagon Shigilchu Achar Malois Umoni Rebelezer He. The source is in accordance with the Rebelezer, and the situation is that they cut his hair off after he finished observing the 30 days of Nazirus. We look in the Teisvis, they cut off his hair uh, on day 30, so that we can tell you that the hair essentially does grow from the bottom, from the base, keeps moving up, moving out from there. And they cut his hair uh, on day 30, after he observed his 30 days of Nazirus, before he had a chance to do his own Nazirus haircut. And the source is in accordance with Rebbe Lezer. The Tosfos goes on, Umoni Rebbe Lezer, he diyamar kol achar malois, any hair cutting that takes place after the 30 days are observed, Zion Soser, means seven days are lost in Nitma if he became uh, defiled, Achyaze, Gimel, Zion, during that seven day period, if he had become defiled and he needs to bring his sacrifices, so he goes through the purification process of uh, red heifer, of Poraduma water, sprinkled on him on the third and seventh of that week. Soser, Zion. Likewise, if they cut his hair off on the 30th day, he loses seven days. He'll have to wait seven days uh, from the point that they cut him off, cut off the hair, that is, uh, in order to achieve the minimum required for a proper Nazirus haircut. But this teaching that he doesn't lose all 30 days is only because the hair was cut after he observed the 30 days. 
And uh, we'll, let's read that in the Gemara again. Umoni, Rebelezerhi, Diomar, Kol Acha Melois, Zayin, Soser. Whenever hair is cut after the Melos, after Melos literally means the filling, the completion, the completion of the 30 days, only seven more days are required to, uh, to uh, create the uh, minimum hair growth. Now, that is true, by the way, when all the hair was removed. In the case we saw above, uh, he left, the uh, bandits had left enough hair length, lochuf roshali koro. And as uh, Rashi points out, since they left that minimum amount, he won't need even the seven required days. That seven required days is only in a case where they shaved his head off literally to the scalp. Now, the Gemara continues, My time of the Rebbe Lazar. What is the basis for Rebbe Lazar's teaching that when, they, when the bandits cut his hair after Melos, and they give a, a, a full shaving, would you require to count another seven days? And, and Tosis explains, he embellishes this question, and he says, why is seven days enough when we know that a minimum hair growth of a Nazir is 30 days? Where does this seven-day number come from? The Gemara answers, Yolif Tiglachas Taro Mitiglachas Tumo. The uh, Tana, Rebbe Lazar, compares the rules of tiglachas, of a, of a, we'll say, a required haircut that's not tumor related to the rules of tumor related haircuts. We'll explain this shortly, but we'll read a couple lines of more and then go back over this point. Ma tiglachas tumor shiva, just like the haircut after a nozir becomes defiled, when a nozir becomes defiled, he has to, he uh, stops his nazirus, waits seven days for purification purposes, and then after those seven days, he takes his haircut and restarts the nazirus. So the concept of tiglachas tumor involves a haircut after a seven-day purification process. Af tiglachas taro shiva. So to the haircut that's necessitated out of, we'll say, non-tumor reasons, like the case of the bandits that shaved his head, seven days is what he has to wait before he can uh, take the haircut. The Kimlu the Rabbonon, and the Rabbonon have a tradition they know, called Zayin Yoimin Asyo Mazyu Kedei Lochuf Koro. With seven days of hair growth, it, the hair will achieve this minimum required length enough that you could bend a hair from its tip to its base. Let us take a look at the Teisvis. Yolif Tiglachas Taro. The Teisvis appears across from here. Stira, the, stira is the, uh, the loss of Naziru's time. Stira shi aliyadei Tiglachas shi Tahora. The loss of time through a haircut that came through during a Tahora period, is learned from the loss of time that comes as a result of defilement. Just like in the case of a Nazir who became Tomei on his 30th day. In other words, he finished observing 
his Naziris, and then he became Tomei. So he can't effectively bring his sacrifices on that day. He's now defiled. What happens? Mountain Shiva, the Sulo. He waits seven more days, and that's it, no more than that. And uh, then he uh, takes his uh, Nazir haircut. Likewise, in the case of the bandits shaving his head on the 30th day after he finished observing, Nazir is leaving no more hair. He waits a mere seven days. So the seven days of Tiglachas Taro, which is another way of referring to the uh, bandits shaving his head, is learned from the case of Tiglachas Tumah, that we saw in the Teisvis. We continue in the Gemara. Nozir Shegilach Bein Betar Bein Bezug O Shesif Seif Kol Shehu Chayav The Mishnah mentioned that a Nozir that uh, removed his hair in any way, whether using a razor, a scissors, or plucking it out, even one hair, he is Chayav. He is uh, in violation. And when we speak about in violation, we can assume, certainly for the time being, that he would be subject to malchus, to lashings. Tonu Rabbanon. Before we go further, we glance at the side, we have a Nosei topic heading, which reads, Machlekes Tanoim benozir sheherevir saroisov bentsoi acheres mitar. We're going to see a Tanaic controversy concerning the Nosir who removes his hair through some means other than a razor. The uh, Gemara. Tar. Ein li elo tar. The Torah warns against his, the use of a tar. Tar lo yavra al rosho. And from the appearance of the word tar, I would think that the restriction is only through a razor. Tolash meirat sifsef kolshu minayin. What about other means of hair removal, uh, plucking out, pulling out the hair, or what have you, how do we know that that's also prohibited? Talmud Lomar, Kodosh Ye Godel Pera Seor Rosho. The hair of the Nozir hair, uh, hair growth is considered sanctified. Divrei Rabbi is considered sanctified, therefore you can't pull it out. Rabbi Yosheh Tar, Ein Tar, Rabbi Yonison also refers to the Posuk, and he says, I see only tar as being uh, prohibited. May, what about the other means? And you can easily see the contrast between Rabbi Yoshia and Rabbi Yonison. According to Rabbi Yoshia, the Torah is not limiting the prohibition to the razor, but all other means also result in a violation, as the Pesach said, Kodosh Yegadel Peraseo Roshai. Rabbi Yonison, though, limits the prohibition to the razor. The other means don't constitute a violation. Certainly, Potter means he's exempt from any punishment. Ah, the Hoxi of Kodosh What does Rabbi Yonison do with the fact that the Torah says Kodosh which would seem to mean that there is a, a, a Torah, we'll say a positive command, insisting on a re, re, uh, the hair remaining, not being removed through any form of removal. 
So Rav Yenison responds, he says, Lameimra, what the Pesach tells us is that Deim gilach lei betar koim olei ba'asei veloisase. All the Pesach is saying is that if he happens to sh- uh, shave his hair with a razor, that is, the nozir shaves his hair with a razor, he is in violation not only of the negative command of tar lo yav or al roshoi, but he's involved with a violation of the positive command of kadoshia that the hair shall remain sanctified. Sanctified, of course, waiting for the official nozir haircut at the end of the nazirus. And so any premature hair removal, according to Rabbi Yonasan, if done with a tar, and only with a tar, would there be a violation? It would be a violation of a negative command and a positive command. Tanyo idoch. We have another Tanaic source that deals with the uh, same topic, and uh, the tar and uh, other means of removal. Tar, ainli elotar, tolash meirat sifsev kol shuminayin. The Torah mentions the prohibition of using a razor. What about other hair removal methods? Even one hair? How do we know that that would be a problem? Talmud Lomar, lo yavor al roshoi. The Pesach says, tar lo yavor al roshoi. So it's understood that the negative command refers to the tar, to the razor, and to yavor, any other means of, yavor means the removal of hair, any other hair removal means. If we're going to include all means of hair removal, why does the Torah specify tar? So the Tanakama says, I say Tanakama because there's going to be another opinion on what we're about to see. Rebbe by name, and we'll have a different take on this. But if you're saying that the prohibition of the nozir and his and uh, prohibition of the nozir to uh, engage in hair removal is not limited to the tar, why does the Torah bother mentioning that word even? So the the uh, Brisa answers. A nozir, upon concluding his nazirus in a proper fashion, we call that nazirus of Tara. At the end of the nazirus period, if it's a 30-day period, so be it. At the end of 30 days, <coughs> we know that a nozir shaves his head. But we don't see a specific command in the Torah that the shaving at the end of the nazirus shall be with a razor, and only with a razor. So since it doesn't say that explicitly, and the lelamdo mi before we go further, so what is the Tanakhama saying? Why does the Torah say, tar lo rosho? That word tar is, we'll say, an allusion to the final haircut that the Nazir is required to take. Is there any other way for me to have learned this? So the Bryce says, I couldn't have learned it from, there's another t- 
topic where we see hair removal. That's the case of the Mitzorah. The person who became Tomei as a Mitzorah, at the conclusion of his Tuma period, he shaves his hair. And we're going to make this assumption right now. There it's obvious. Again, that's an assumption that the Gemara will have to prove later on. But there's an assumption right now that the Tiglachas of the Mitzorah is certainly with a razor. However, I can't learn from that topic. Why can't I? Why is why can't Mitzorah serve as a basis? So before we read the words of the Gemara, we'll tell you. In the case of a Mitzorah, as opposed to a Nazir, the Mitzorah shaves all the hair of his body. Mitzorah then represents an area of stringency. So Mitzorah, with its stringency, might very well be limited another type of stringency limited to a razor hair removal but as again the mitzvah is a full body hair shaving not so in the case of mitzvah the mitzvah is much more limited it's the head the hair of one's of the nosier's head that is what's shaved uh, shaven off so the gemara says delamdo mi mitzvah e efsher to learn the rule of Ta'ar from Mitzorah, that I could not do. The Gemara continues at the top of Daf Mem. She'ein donin kal mechomur lahachmir olof. We do not conclude kal. In this case, kal means leniency, lenient realm, namely nausea. I can't conclude a limited realm, a lenient realm, namely Nozir, from Chomor, from Mitzorah, which is a more strict, uh, demanding realm. As we indicated there, there's a full body haircut that must be taken. So, I can't learn the lenient realm from the stringent realm, Lahachmir Olav, to apply to the lenient realm, a stringency to demand only a razor. So being that I can't use Mitzorah as the basis for the Ta'ar requirement for the Nozir concluding haircut, therefore this Pusik appears Ta'ar lo yavor al rosho as, a, as an allusion to the use of the tar at the conclusion of the Nazir's uh, observance. We can continue in the Tanaic source, Rebbe Omer, Eino Tzorach. Eino Tzorach literally means uh, you don't need that. You'll, we'll see later when we study the Tosus on this topic. Rebbe is saying that your method of concluding by the, uh, by, we'll say, the appearance of the word tar, where you don't really need it, because we said the Nazir is guilty of hair removal if he removes it by means other than a tar. So the Tanakhama said, well, the presence of the word tar tells me about the hair removal, the hair shaving at the end of the Nazir's period. The required hair shaving must be done by a tar. Rebbe says, your method is not the way to go, Harehu Omer, 
put now, Rebbe refers to the same Pusuk, but you'll see there's a, there's a slight difference in how Rebbe comes to the conclusion. He says it's not just the appearance of the word tar per se, but rather read the Pusuk. It says, Tar lo yavor al roishoi ad molois. There shall be no razor passing over his head until the completion of the Nazirus. HaTorah Omer, the Torah is basically saying, Achar Melos, Lo Meaning, during the Nazirus, no Tar. At the end of the Nazirus, then use the Tar, and only a Tar. The Gemara asks a question that's similar to the question we asked before on the previous Tanaic source, we saw an expanded uh, approach when we saw Rabbi Yonison saying that there's no. We saw that in the previous, on the, the middle of Omid Beis, the previous Omid Beis, we saw Rabbi Yonison saying that uh, the uh, the violation is only with tar. The other means do not constitute a violation. Ah, uh, but we saw. But what do you do with the pasuk Kodesh? Yeah, so. Rabbi Yonason uses Kodoshia simply as a double violation when using a tar. So in the same spirit of things, here the Gemara asks, the Tanakama says that one is guilty for using any form of hair removal, not just a tar. So, tar but does the Torah not in fact seemingly limited to the use of a tar, how could the Tanakama therefore say that you're, chayev, you're in violation of hair removal using any means? The Gemara answers, La'avor alov b'shnei lavin. If a Nazir uses a tar, then in fact, he will be in violation of two uh, uh, violations, namely, the use of the tar, which the Pasuk specifies, and the lo yavor expression, meaning any other means as well. So if you use a tar, so you're you're using a tar to remove hair, and in this and at the same time you're also removing hair, which is a violation that applies to any other means as well. We made an allusion to the Toisvis who focuses on what is the difference between the Tanakamo and Rebbe insofar as their, we'll say their, their joint conclusion, their agreed conclusion, that the final haircut of a nausea is done only with a tar. So let us take a look at the Teisvis, the top of Daf Memo Aleph, Rebbe, Oimer, Enot, Sorech, Tar, you don't need the appearance of the word Tar, Lasuyu, the Tiglachas Achronish Nazir to serve as a, uh, a, a basis of the final haircut of the Nazir being only with a tar, the chi nami tzorach even if you read the Pesach on its own and not view it as, a, as what we refer to as an unnecessary teaching after we said a point time we're including all forms of hair removal, even if you don't say that the word tar is simply extra, but rather you read it le gufe for its own sake. Afilu hachi yadinon memeila de tiglachas achrona betar. I would still be able to figure out just by reading the verse that is with its inference that the final haircut is only with a razor. Ubaha polig atanakama di day. 
and it's in the following that Rebbe disagrees with the first opinion that was in that very source. The Tanakama Aisi Litar Mishum Tiglacha Sachrona. The Tanakama uses the word tar and says it's there to teach me about the final haircut. Uporech Vaoksiv Tar Lo Yavor the Mashma Shar Ma'avirin Nami. The Posuk seems to indicate that other means of uh, hair removal also. The Hefi Koma Rebbe the Osi Legufei. How can Rebbe say that it is used, the Posuk is there for its own sake? The Mashma, the Betar Dafka Mechayev. The Svirule Legemora, the Ein Lonu Lomar. The Gemara is working with an assumption that we are not to say the Rebbe Yisbar Kribyonison de lo Osar Shar Maviran. Rebbe doesn't hold like Rebyonison that says that there, uh, he said that there is no prohibition when it's a hair removal through other means. The Midikomar Enotzar, from the fact that Rebbe's reaction to the Tanakamo involved the expression Enotzar, Mashma de lo Osi le Fluge al Tanakamo di Dei, the Mechayev al Kol Maviran, that Rebbe is not coming to argue with the Tanakhama on that particular point that there is a violation when you use other hair removal means. Umeshani lavor olov bishnei lavim lekach kosav tar. The reason for the word tar is to tell me about the two violations, the two negative commands that are violated. The megalech b'tar over bishnei lavin mishum tar umishum avirin. The negative command is distributed. It's applicable to tar and to all other means of hair removal. And the word lo yavor, the negative command as is um, represented by the word lo applies backwards to the word tar and forwards to the word yavor. Vahashta nafki mitar both learn from the word tar lerebi di lo nichtav tar elo letiglachas mitzvah kidikomar tanakama mikomokom lichtavei letar beferush gabi tiglachas shal mitzvah lemai hilchasu kosfo gabi yisura if the word tar was only for the tiglachas mitzvah, the final haircut of the nazir, well, the Torah should have spelled that out. Why does the word tar appear in the context of a negative command? If the only purpose was to tell me about the second negative command, Amai Somech Ad Melois, El tar lo yavor. Why, when you read the pasuk, does the expression ad malos appear right next to the expression of tar lo yavor? El rotzalomar ad malos lo yavor tar or laachar malos lo yavir seir rosho elobetar. And as we explained before, as Rebbe said, the tar is not to be used during the nazirus, but it is the only thing to be used after the Nazirs at the concluding haircut. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.